Chris. Hello, Sharon. <laughs> it feels like we haven't done this in ages. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm trying to work with a new placement. Yeah, a new mic angle. angle. Yeah. I'm not sure how it's working. Well, we're getting audio. Okay. Should be fine. Okay. Keep speaking clearly into the, the mic hole. <laughs> I will do that. Welcome to the Crowncast. Thanks. <laughs> Season two, episode six. Bergangenheit. Bergangenheit. Do you know what that means? I do not. It means history. Oh, fascinating. It's a German word. Yeah, got that. What do you think it refers to in the show? History. Oh, that makes sense. They talk a lot about forgiveness in this episode as well. Yeah, they kind of did. Mm-hmm. I can't forgive them for using that preacher guy, Billy Graham. We'll get to that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had forgotten about it for a while. I hadn't. So season two, episode six of the crown cast. And there was no other option in my mind for the title of this episode. Okay. Backpfeifengesicht. Another German word. Oh, what's that mean? It's a German compound word. Okay. I love those. Which basically means a face in need of a fist. Oh my God. That's hysterical. That's my favorite German word. That's a pretty good German word. Yeah. So perfect for this episode. Oh my goodness, it really is. Oh, that's funny. Say the word again, please. Back fife and gesicht. I like it. It might be more like back fife and gesicht. Housekeeping. Housekeeping? Is it messy in here? No, that's what they say at the beginning of business meetings. Let's do some housekeeping things. More towels need sleepy. Oh, okay. Before we move on to the, so, the guts of the podcast. Business, business, business. Business, business, business. Numbers. Is this working? Yes. Yay! So a couple things that we have talked about in past episodes that I have neglected to bring up again. Okay. We... Have forgotten to talk about our death words. Oh. So when King George died. Right. Churchill got the call that just said. Gross point blank. No. So close. What was it? Hyde Park Corner. Hyde Park Corner. And when Queen Elizabeth dies, Prime Minister will get a phone call that just says London Bridge. Right. When I die, you will get a phone call that says. You ready for mine? Yes, please. Harris Tweed. Aw. Isn't that good? It is good. I think it's good. It's so much better than mine. Yeah? Yeah. Why is it better than yours? Well, it just is. Okay. I like Harris Tweed. It's good. I use it. I sew with it a lot. Right. I know what it is. I and know you know where what it, it is. From. You know where it comes from. It's handmade. Right. Off the coast of Scotland. Ah. So when I die as king mm-hmm. and you get that phone call. Right. 
the person on the other end will say, Marco. you laughed i thought it was kind of weak i think it's funny <laughs> oh my goodness gracious that was that was okay Polo. see i know you can't not do it right you can't not do it exactly it kind of makes me feel like i can close my eyes and reach out and touch you though sure which i can't fish out of water even now where you're alive so one of the questions that we had was about the clock winder. Remember at the beginning of not this episode, but the last episode, mm -hmm. there was a clock winder at the beginning and it was an older man. And it seemed like he was like teaching the younger person. Right. And I was like, how old, how long has he been the clock winder of Buckingham Palace? Well, I couldn't get any information on the people who have had that job, but Right. The clock winder of the three palaces is called the Horological Conservator. Apparently, there are a couple few of them because there is a senior Horological Conservator mm -hmm. and some others. Numbers vary. So there are 450 or 500 clocks at Buckingham Palace. Who can say? Whoever goes into all these rooms. <laughs> The Clockwinder does, Chris. The Clockwinder does. There are an additional 370 at Windsor Castle, and then there are more, of course, at Holyrood, which I didn't write down how many more. One of the clocks goes back to Henry VIII. I'm just, I'm imagining a comic book based around this character. Oh my God! The clock, the Clockwinder. That's a great idea. The, the Orological Conservator. And he, he's manipulating and controlling everything that happens in the oh palace. Oh, my God. Because you he have to, winds all the clocks. You have to write that. You have to write that. Yes, you should write it. Dear Internet, don't steal my ideas. <laughs> they just hired, hired a new conservator this year. Okay. This past year. The pay is about $50,000 a year. $50,000? Yes. Not pounds? No, that's the converted rate. Wow. And the daylight savings time days are are the 16-hour days for them. So twice a year it takes them 16 hours to spring the clocks forward and to fall the clocks back. Wow. 16 hours of clock changing. That doesn't sound pleasant at all. Oh, and you're only getting paid $50,000. No shit. Question from last week. Hit me. Does the queen have a cell phone? Sure. This was probably from two weeks. I remember us talking about it. A couple episodes ago. What do you mean, sure? You said she doesn't. I'm just agreeing with the premise of the question. Well, she does. All right. <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? Because <laughs> that's what I do. She uses the hell out of it. Prince Andrew got her a cell phone in 2001. She tweets from the royal iPad, and she has a secret Facebook account. Ooh. And she does carry that in her purse. Remember, we were talking about the things that she carries in her purse. She carries her iPhone and a five or ten pound note. She has mints, reading glasses, a fountain pen, sweetener for her coffee, lipstick, and mirror. 
Why would you need a note that heavy? <laughs> it's different in England. They're much lighter. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> shall we move on? Yes, we shall. Let's move on. Let's talk about this episode. Let's do it. Germany, 1945. World War II. Wonder what you just said in Morse code. <laughs> We've already used that joke, Chris. That's my little newscaster. I got it. Bit. A German soldier leads U.S. soldiers to a spot in the woods where they dig for a box. A very important box, apparently, which is taken to Marburg Castle. Oh, that's why they're called the Marburg Papers. That's why they're called the Marburg Files. <clears throat> this box contains letters to Hitler, what appears to be some type of manuscript, and a lot of microfiche in German. What's the, the word for microfiche in German? Probably microfish. I prefer regular sized fish. <sighs> These. Films are duplicated and translated. The translations are taken from office to office up the ladder. We've seen them do this in this show a handful of times now, and I still really like it's it. It's like watching a snowball like get bigger and bigger as it rolls down yeah. the hill. Every time you go into another bureaucrat's office, you pick up another bureaucrat right. to take with you. And then there's three people storming down the hallways, right. and then five people storming down the hallways, and I kind of like it. I and think it's, it's kind of... It's always high drama. Right. Like, I love it. It goes all the way up to Prime Minister Churchill and then to King George because it's 1945. Right. It's not modern day in the crown. They're now marked the Marburg Files, as we discussed. All agree that they are not surprised, but that the documents should never be seen again. Yeah. KG says they must be hidden. Right. There really were boxes hidden in the woods. 400 metric tons of boxes hid in the woods yes it was not one little holy shiz right 400 metric tons 400 metric tons wow of those they pulled about 60 pertinent documents isn't that cuckoo pants it really is so then we cut over to oh the Bible thumper guy. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that quite yet. All right, we're still on you then. <laughs> we're still on me, Chris. So if you recall, we're watching the show mm-hmm. and it's 1945 and they're talking to King George about the papers, yada, yada. And King George's wife is standing behind him and she puts her hand on his shoulder and I immediately pause and holler. That's Princess Diana's engagement ring. (laughs) And you just made the same face you made when we were watching it. I didn't. You did. It was pretty funny. (laughs) I love it when you pause the show because I'm like, okay, what's she looking for? Is it a piece of jewelry? Is it a piece of knitwear? Is it a rug? Is it it the drapes? What is it? Is it a bicycle? Ooh, they have some... I guess it's Dalton Abbey that they have like right. bicycles that turn into really cool motorcycles. They had a cool motorcycle in this one. So I did a little bit of research. We're not surprised. That's my job. 
I see Princess Diana's engagement ring and I thought maybe Charles got it from his grandmother. Because remember, Charles is very close. We'll find out later, especially Charles is very close to his grandmother. If you're familiar with Princess Diana's engagement ring, which is now the Duchess of Cambridge's Mm -hmm. engagement ring, you will recognize the basic sapphire cluster ring featuring a central oval sapphire surrounded by diamonds. The ring that is worn in the scene by the Queen Mom is not that ring. It is incredibly similar, but it is smaller. It's a classic design, and apparently it's common for the royals to wear a design like that. So I got really excited about Princess Diana's engagement ring, then, and it's not. But that's okay, because it's still a very pretty ring. Sure. Liz and QM are watching stupid churchy TV. (laughs) Queen mom. It was really funny because the queen mom had a reaction to everyone's reactions. Billy Graham is speaking on television to a large group of people. And as they show the reactions of the people, the queen mom is really just like rolling her eyes and looking around like, are these people for real? Does this really happen? What the hell, Americans? That's funny. It was really funny. It was really funny. I'm with her. And then we're in Paris for Trooper's birthday party. And this is Prince Ed and Wallace Simpson's pug. One of their pugs. Other pugs that they had were Disraeli, Davy Crockett, Black Diamond, Imp, and Ginseng. They're so weird. (laughs) And after Trooper's birthday party, there was a wee bit of hunting and there was smoking and there was champagne and there was card playing and there was a fancy dress party. That's funny because I wrote and shooting and drinking and smoking and cards (laughs) and reading and napping and dress up. And Prince Edward and Wallace dressed as a king and a queen. For the fancy dress party. For the fancy dress party. And it made him a little sad because he realized that he needs a job again. He needs a purpose. Poor Prince Edward. The sweet life is so unsatisfying. (laughs) He doesn't relish it the way I do. So he asks to visit London. A request which is granted, much to Philip's chagrin. Right. Because he has to ask to go to London. Yeah, there was a really fun scene with Liz and the Queen Mum and Philip mm-hmm. about whether or not he would be allowed. That was a adorable to come scene. to the UK, and that would be re- that was really funny. Yeah. So that is a yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Let him come, ma'am. And that's that's around the time that Liz says she wants to meet Billy Graham, whatevs. And then we go back to the documents, to the Marburg files. Mm-hmm. Right. So the Brits and the Americans are working on the document project together. They're doing translations. They're recording everything historically. So they're they're documenting everything and cataloging everything. Right. They they hit a little like a literal red flag in the papers. Right. It says, Oh, you can't publish these. You mm-hmm. can't you can't document this particular file. Mm-hmm. And the Americans are like, well, you can't publish it. Right. 
we're American. We do yeah. what we want. I don't go to school and I kill people. Whatever. I do what I want. The Americans found this trove of documents. You guys are welcome to use it. <laughs> but we're working on it. Right. So then it goes up the ladder again. Yeah. The historians have agreed that they wish to publish the truth with no exceptions. Right. And the Americans reiterate, well, we will publish it whether you do or not. Yeah. We have a job to do. It's not for the king of anywhere to say you right. can't do this job. Right. Which, you know, cheers. Yeah. Thanks for being like that. Yeah. We could use That's some of that nowadays. Sort of how history should work. Right. Edward arrives in Sussex to stay with a friend. Oh, had his poor shabby little B and B. You noticed that? That was so funny. <laughs> in the show, we hear Edward writing letters home to Wallace. Right. My dearest darling Peaches. So they're telling us how he feels about things in his own voice. And and that actor, the voice that he's using, <laughs> it's, it's so sort of pompous and naive. Like he doesn't realize the world outside of the fancy little bubble in which he lives. Right. You know, he... He's got all this great talk about how love should be free and people shouldn't be made to do things that they don't wish to do and yada, yada, yada. But still, he lives on this government pension. Right. Doesn't have to do a lick of work. But Prince Edward has this sort of like secret, like he's got something up his sleeve, like he's trying to pull something off. We now know, having watched the whole show, that he's in the country and he's sort of told them that he's writing a book. Mm Mm-hmm. But then he's actually like courting his friends to court their friends to say, okay, get me a position somewhere else so I can have a job. Right. He's not like trying to find somewhere to work based on his credentials. He's (laughs) having people find somewhere to put him in like this honorary sort of diplomatic position where he can just go around and do fancy parties. Shake hands and sign copies of his book and, and get more money. Exactly. There's more Billy Graham. Liz kind of has a little twinkle in her eye for Billy. And the Marburg files get taken up the ladder to the PM as Edward continues his job hunt. Right. The PM takes news of the files to Liz. Prince Edward assembles his brain trust. (laughs) Yes. You know what's coming. We have a quorum. Thank you, Ted. I would like to welcome everyone to the new Brain Trust Clubhouse, or as I like to call it, the Brain House. (laughs) Can I make a motion? If by emotion you mean a literal motion in which you simulate a crude sexual act, then absolutely not. Withdraw. (laughs) And then he's writing letters to Peaches again, Mm -hmm. to Wallace Simpson. Oh. This was something I noticed. Tell me. A a bit of set dressing that I noticed. Mm -hmm. Prince Edward is traveling. He's away from his home. Right. Of course, he's traveling in the way that luxurious people travel. So he's got plenty of his stuff with him. Right. But he had this little collapsible photo frame with Wallace Simpson in it. It was very pretty. And I'm, I'm certain I've seen those things. My grandmother probably had one. I'm thinking my grandmother did too. It was just, it occurred to me like, 
oh, I, I didn't, I didn't really ever know what that was for. Right. Like, why would you need this little traveling case with a picture frame in it? So you have a picture, picture of your sweetie when you travel. I know, but the world is so different now. It is. We have our phones. Right. And we have our little digital devices that have all our pictures anyway. It's true. But it was just a little bit of set dressing that I noticed uh-huh. and brought back a memory from my youth. Yeah. And they are really cool because they're like, they're nice. They're made of metal and leather and they fold up fold so up that nice the glass doesn't break and they're small and you can stick it, it into your, your carry on. Yeah. And I think it's a. I think it's a super sweet idea. And much as I dislike the character that they have made in Prince Edward, mm-hmm. he still really loves his wife. Absolutely. And that he gave up the kingdom for her. Yeah. And that has always endeared him to me. Yeah. So outside of that, he's a douchebag. Right. But that I think is cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's very loyal to Wallace for sure. And that's super sweet. So the Marburg files are taken up to the prime minister. Right. The prime minister takes news of the files to Liz. The queen mom says that it was always going to come back to haunt them. Right. Because she remembers when they came up the first time. So here's where I have notes about where the files actually came from. This is where Elizabeth and uh, Michael are telling the whole story. Oh, okay. Okay. So they're kind of narrating to us when we get to see what actually happened. Well, I'll narrate to you. Do it. Americans had arrested the German soldier who was the assistant to Hitler's personal translator. When Hitler's offices were being evacuated, all of his archives were to be destroyed. The majority were burned, but the assistant kept the most important ones in order to have material for negotiation. This was a file of communications between the Nazi high command... And the Duke of Windsor, who was now Prince Edward. So the scene was kind of cool because we cut back and forth between Michael narrating the story to them showing us what was actually happening during the war. And then we get back to kind of the present day Mm -hmm. and Queen Elizabeth has the file. Right. And she is studying it. She is going through the whole thing. Yeah. She's got papers back and forth and she's cross-referencing things. And they kind of warned her. Are you sure you want to read this whole thing? Yeah. We can digest this and spit it back out to you in a better way if you want. She's like, no. No. Give me the shit. Yeah. And I I applaud her for that. Absolutely. I think at some point she mentions, or or it is mentioned, that Elizabeth and her uncle are close, are fond of each other. Right. Even though he makes fun of her behind her back. Right. That'll, That'll come up later. Right. Part of me wants to say I think that's a lot of the American influence on him, but it's Wallace's influence on him, Mm. I think, that influences him to make fun of his family. I mean, it's also like it's TV. That too. May or may not be true. May or may not be accurate. That too. So yeah, we bounce around all this for a while. Prince Edward is still kind of looking for a job. Mm Mm-hmm. They hold, he has this little successful meeting and all of his buddies go out and start looking looking for things for him. And they come back with stuff. Yeah. And they come back with some, some options for Mm -hmm. him. Like he can work for the, the foreign office, I think was the primary choice. Right. So he takes these options to Liz. Yeah. He's got to go get the blessing of the crown. He's got to get the blessing of the crown. (laughs) And I was, I was excited about this. I'm like, oh, here it comes, buddy. 
So he asks for the blessing of the crown for a new position so that he may serve the crown. And Elizabeth is like, you already had your chance. Yeah. You threw your chance away. And she's like, she acted this out so perfectly. She is just completely flat and just, you had your chance. Yeah. We sort of made you king. Remember that? (laughs) But while I'm clearly no longer a young man, I'm also not yet an old one and might be able to usefully serve the crown. You had a chance to serve this country. The greatest chance. You gave it up. I wonder if there was even a little bit of bitterness from Elizabeth about her even being Queen of England. Because if Edward hadn't abdicated, she was so far down the line. Right. I mean, not really, really far. She was like third, fourth, fifth, something like that. She certainly wasn't next in line. Well, right. And at that point, no one was expecting that the little princess was going to be the queen. Right. So what a crazy random happenstance. Hey, this is weird. I ordered one frozen yogurt and they gave me two. You don't happen to like frozen yogurt, do you? I love it. How jolting is that for a young woman to go from princess, not really in the spotlight all the time, just kind of doing my thing. I'm not a commoner, but I'm getting all of the positive things from being royalty while not really having to deal with anything. Yeah. And all of a sudden she's next in line. Wow. Yeah. That might not be something she wanted. Well, and there's some parallels between that and what Prince Edward did. Mm -hmm. King Edward wasn't what he wanted. It wasn't what he wanted. So he let it go. But then that choice Mm -hmm. has repercussions. Yeah. It means that your brother has to be king. Has to be king. Right. Man, like, can you imagine, like, something we can relate to? Mm -hmm. Imagine having, not having, imagine canceling your wedding three months before the wedding is to take place. Mm. And think about how tough that is to do socially. That really brings up the grandfather paradox in time travel because we wouldn't have this podcast. (laughs) I didn't mean literally our wedding. Oh. I meant as an American, consider putting all of that effort into. To friends and family and. Into this marriage. Right. And then canceling it three months before the actual wedding. And like multiply that times a thousand because sure. that's what he did. Right. He was, he had, cause he hadn't been coronated and he was just kind of in that limbo space where right. technically he's running the country, but. He hasn't been recognized by God yet. And he canceled the wedding. Well, to have a wedding. And I wonder if Elizabeth back then especially had a little bit of, uh, you know. I wouldn't be surprised in the heart. if there were some of those feelings. Yeah. Moving on. So Elizabeth tells him that he had his chance to serve the crown. And she doesn't seem to delight in any of the three prospects. Elizabeth lets him rattle these things off. And mm-hmm. you can sort of see in her face like you're not getting by you're not getting on any, any of, of this them. stuff yeah <laughs> she's like and the next one N- nobody's really giving him she's just jobs. waiting for him to finish and then she tells him 
communications detailing his relationship with Hitler. And this will be published. It is coming out and the crown is not happy about it. Right. And he was ready for it. He had to come back. He totally gave her the whole, you don't know the whole story bit. Right. And that the British are sensible and they're not going to believe it anyway. So don't worry about it. Right. Then I guess Philip had told Liz to go see Tommy mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. Because Tommy was King George's personal secretary. Right. He was around for all this. Mm-hmm. So he knew the whole story. And the reason she brought it up in the first place was because she was having trouble forgiving her Uncle David. Right. That's why she brought it up. Not because she was trying to get more dirt or whatever. She wanted to forgive him and she was finding it difficult. Not to bring up Billy Graham too much more, but the conversations, at least in the show, Mm -hmm. the conversations between Liz and Billy were mostly about forgiveness and that side of Christianity. Right. And so you could tell that's what Liz was struggling with. Right. This whole episode. Right. So this was a great scene between Liz and Tommy. With his little dolls. He's got his little army dolls. (laughs) set up on his museum quality they're action figures chris they're inaction figures they're static figures (laughs) but he's got this whole sort of museum quality like battlefield set up with little buildings and terrain and missiles and laser beams and stuff (laughs) it was napoleon sweetheart i don't think there were missiles and laser beams yeah he spills the rest of the details to Liz. And there were so many details. And they he were kept going horrible. on and on. And <laughs> she's just sitting there taking it. So much treason. <laughs> so much. They didn't talk anything about proof. I imagine. That's a good point. In the show. I imagine at least in the end, at the end of the show that since we get some of the actual the actual photographs of actual Prince Edward and actual Hitler right. standing next to each other. Right. That they had some That's proof. kind of proofy proof. Right. Let me read to you what I wrote okay. about the background on this. Sure. Tommy tells her that when King, the Duke of Windsor surrounded himself with Nazis and shared classified documents with Wallace, who was said to have been having a long-term affair with Nazi official Joseph von Ribbentrop while he served as Germany's ambassador to Britain in the mid-30s. After the king's abdication, the couple visited Hitler in Germany on an unofficial state visit. At that point, a plan was hatched to reinstate the Duke as King of England and German forces would be given free reign through England with Wallace put in place as the actual queen of England. The whole plot was called Operation Willie. Wow. That's what I wrote. Wow. (laughs) The Duke was also integral to the fall of Paris to German occupation. He told the German government that England was weakening and they should keep bombing. Wow. Boy. So I did a little timeline of this okay? because popping back and forth between 1946 and 1950 X. 
I got a little lost. January 1936, the previous King George dies and King Edward takes over. In December of that year, 1936, Edward abdicates. Wallace is named, you ready for this? Wallace is named Times Person of the Year. She was the first woman to receive Person of the Year. Okay. By time. That okay. was in 36. In June, the following June, 1937, Edward and Wallace marry. A few months later in October is when they toured Germany as personal guests of Adolf Hitler. Two years later, World War II breaks out. Okay. So all of that stuff was pre-war. And then almost right away in 1940, Edward was posted to the Bahamas for five years to get him out of England. Right. That's how they dealt with it. Yeah, they mentioned that in the show, I think. I think so, too. I think so, too, but it was a little confusing. So Liz packed all that up. Right. Took it back to the palace and told the Duke of Windsor to fuck off. You shan't be allowed passage into the UK any longer. You shall not pass. You shall not pass. And then he threw some insults at her and, and she asked him how on earth he could forgive himself. And then she rang the fucking bell. That they did. I wish I had a bell for that damn window salesman. Oh! That bell could come in handy. Get right. this jackass out of my the, house. The overstayed your welcome bell. Yeah. And I guess that was probably the last time he was in England. I, I wonder if he's in the show anymore. I can't, I don't know. I can't remember. I guess we'll find out. But uh, that kind of seems like the end of his story for a while. Yeah. I mean, she um, rang the bell. She rang the bell. And then we're kind of at the end. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth is great when she's angry. <laughs> I, I do love some. How can you tell when she's angry? Because she gets all <laughs> tense. Her hands are it's all like true. tight together. And when you look at it, it's really low key, but you can see it all behind her face. It's really good. So good. It's really good. But then the historians are told that they're allowed to publish mm-hmm. their documents. Mm-hmm. No, no, no holds barred from the crowd. Like they right. have complete permission. The Duke is annoyed. Who's the Duke? That's annoyed. I don't know. I just have the Duke. <laughs> Too many dukes. That you, John Wayne? Is this me? Prince Edward is is annoyed. He's back to playing his cards. Mm-hmm. Philip is drunk and is congratulating Liz because I guess she did good. And then we get the actual photos. <gasps> like historical documents <sighs> of Hitler and Wall Simpson and the Duke of Windsor. And you and I are just we're not even moving. We're sitting there at the table watching the television and we're just like our little mouths are hanging open. We're just. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think of that episode? This was a really great episode. I absolutely loved it. I loved it so much. I absolutely loved it. And it's funny because we watched this a couple days ago. We normally watch and then record right away. Right. So we don't normally take two or three days between watching the episode and and recording the podcast. I was really enthralled by it. Mm -hmm. I love it when 
big things are happening. Right. I love that they didn't focus on Prince Edward's past being a threat to the crown. <laughs> yes. Thank God. I love that they were like, okay, fine. You did the shit. The crown is disavowing you. We, we're not denying it happened anymore. Right. We're saying, yeah, it absolutely happened. And fuck you. You're not part of the crown anymore. Right. And I love that. That's yeah. great. It feels very progressive. Absolutely. You know, you can see them back in the past when they're like, this can't come out ever. That's really annoying. I hate that. Yeah. And again, I love watching Elizabeth chew this kind of scene. Mm-hmm. She's she's so great. That that character in Claire Foy is so good at doing this kind of stuff. Right. So it's fun to watch. It is fun. It is fun. It was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. And I'm almost glad that we ended up waiting to record because we would have talked for hours because we were so, so excited about the episode. I think so. This gave us a chance to calm down and forget a few things yes. that happened that we might have talked about otherwise. To and, digest it and, yeah. and let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Maybe that was even a good idea to, mm-hmm. to watch and then record later. Yeah. So that was good. We've ended the episode. We we both enjoyed the episode. Um, did you have a favorite thing? Is there anything else oh, you want to mention about the Oh, episode? I forgot about the favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. You're off script, honey. <laughs> we don't have scripts. I know. I liked the history in this one. Yeah. I like the dramatic ones, but I like the real ones a lot. Sure. I like doing a little bit of research and right. figuring it out a little bit and stuff like that. Well, and this was this was a very specific storyline. Right. Some of the episodes that we've seen, like uh, we have come to learn that the things that happened in that episode happened over a span of like five years. Right. And obviously there was some back and forth in time in this episode too, but this was like a specific thing that they mm-hmm. were talking about and i think that's cool yeah it worked really well i don't know if i had a favorite thing i don't remember the only thing i wrote down was that little that little travel picture um, <laughs> just because it sparked a memory that's really sweet so i guess that's probably going to be it for me which one of your grandmothers had one of those uh my maternal grandmother i believe mm-hmm. that doesn't surprise me yeah. well she flew a lot well they traveled a lot yeah, yeah. Both of your grandparents traveled a lot. Both your sets of grandparents that's traveled true, a lot. That's true, yeah. The Hairstons did, that's for sure. Yeah. Good for them. So Schroeder would like us to thank our listeners. And Auntie Valerie. Auntie Valerie. She loved those treats, Auntie Valerie. <laughs> he feels like he's going to get one of those treats right now. Well, you keep saying the word, Chris. Oh. He's not dumb. He doesn't listen to this He's podcast. a dog. He's not dumb. Just because he doesn't have thumbs. He doesn't have a phone. How can he listen to the podcast? <laughs> he, he's sitting right here. Thank you to Jenny Parrott for Thanks, our wonderful Jenny theme Parrott. song. I love our theme song. Ooh, what was that, that email I got? <laughs> somebody, somebody Which s- advertiser sent me a, a spam email about advertising and for podcasts. And I'm just like. I don't need help monetizing my podcast. I'm not trying to monetize my podcast. It was our first Crowncast email, though. It kind of was, though. No, we do not plan to monetize the Crowncast. Thanks, though. Y'all are welcome to send us money. Oh, absolutely. But we're not going to stick ads or anything in this podcast. That, That fucking sucks. No. That's it for us. Thank you very much. Uh, Schroeder says goodnight. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. We and like you. Until next time. God save the queen. God save the queen. Totally TR time. The podcast where the stars align. Reigning queen is Emery. King Chris got that royal sound. When he's discussing the crown. Grab your scepter and around. It's TR time. It's TR time. It's TR time. I have German roots. You should dye them. <laughs> I'm trying to participate here, but you go. <laughs> yes. No. No. Yes. No. No. Yes. I'll, I'll play the clip. Yes. Oh, good idea. You're smart. Yes. No. Okay. This is going to be fun. <laughs> is this fun yet? Are we there yet? No corgis in the recording room. I'm at the Pizza Hut. I'm at the Taco Bell. I'm at the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Can't wait to cut that part out. <laughs> you leave it in. <laughs> it's the only rapping I ever get to do.